Hey everyone, I am Alicia Henley, aka The Smooth Factor, and welcome to my Crash Pad. This is a podcast for technologists, creatives, and my techie tribe. On it, we'll be going behind the scenes and looking at some of the latest technologies that drive incredible experiences. I'm here to share the stories of amazing places and people. So without further ado, let's hop into this week's episode. So Toyo, welcome to my Crash Pad, girl. I'm so excited to have you here. Finally, we are working on something together outside of LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I am so happy to talk to you and connect with you. It's awesome. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited. So for everybody who doesn't know, you need to go on LinkedIn right now before we even get on into this episode. Go to LinkedIn because Latoya is a filmmaker. She is a media producer. She's always posting really great content. So stop what you're doing before we get into this episode and go connect with Latoya Flowers because I am excited about this episode. Thank you. I'm excited too. So cool. Awesome. Awesome. So everybody knows that I'm in AV and as I transition into this new season of Crash Pad, um, I am talking to very unique individuals that I just love what they're doing. Now, Latoya, you're not technically in AV, but in my mind, you are because you work with audiovisual technology in so many different ways. So let's just start there. Let's tell the people about your journey. Did it start with audio? Did it start with video? Let's hop into this. Um, For me, it started with both. Um, It started at my church. Um, My church used to do a telecast like back in the late 90s, Mm -hmm. uh, 2000s. Um, And so I was 16 at the time. And, you know, you're at that age where you're about to be graduating high school soon and you're trying to figure out what your what your career role will be or trajectory. Like, what will you go into to study for college? And so my uncle, who was a photographer and a videographer during that time, he was he started doing our church telecast on Chicago Access Network um, 30 years ago. And he was doing it by himself and trying to get help around the church, trying to get young people to like be engaged in service in some kind of way. Because we're all sitting there kind of like falling asleep, you know, work. Um, And so he was just pulling whoever he can. But no one really ever lasted with him because he has a very unique personality. He's a kind of stern, (laughs) serious guy. And so everyone was just always super intimidated by him and just didn't want to work with him but he pulled me there you go he saw me sitting there <laughs> not Lucky doing <laughs> yeah and I started playing around with the camera he started showing me how to shoot um how to set my composition how to record sound nice. you know because this is a, a live event so how do you record sound during this these kind of services um and it just clicked. Like I just really got excited about it and really got into it and really seemed like I was really invested in it. And mm-hmm. he just kept working with me. And then during that time, um, he mentioned to my grandfather, who's the pastor of our church, that we should put her in classes. We should get her like some professional training, you know, because she's really good at it. Seems like she's really serious. And this could probably help her, you know, decide what she wants to do in college. And so they did. They put me in uh, classes at Chicago Access Network. And I was the youngest student in my class. I was in the class with a bunch of adults. But I'm the only 16-year-old sixteen-year-old <laughs> nice. in there learning about audio video. Right. Um, and 
even those classes were like to me like just that I think that was the breaking point because I got to see how it could be done professionally Mm -hmm. um and like wow I could go into a profession doing this you know like this is actually a thing you know that you could actually make a living doing and so from there you know, by that time, I'm about to graduate from high school because I've been doing it for a few years at the church. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I decided to go to the Illinois Institute of Art Chicago for digital film and video production. Um, and then after that, after being in college, um, you know, had a good time, good experience, learned a lot. Um, I decided to uh, work at a production company right out right out of college um, as a production coordinator. So... During that time, I'm still trying to, like, figure out what my role is. Like, what is it that I'm really good at in production? Um, And I really didn't have a clue. So I was trying all kind of things. Production coordinator, editor, producer, director. Like, just trying any role I can get my hands on. Um, And so after working there at the Beverly Price Company for a few months, um, I decided to intern at other companies um, in Chicago and then decided that I wanted to go to grad school to learn social documentary film. It was something that I really enjoyed while in college. I really enjoyed documentary filmmaking, but we didn't have like a lot of classes to like really dive deep into it. We had like one documentary class and I, that was my, like your, you know, when you graduate, you have a project, like a portfolio. That's what I ended up making in college was a documentary about mask and mask making like how masks are used in theaters um wow. and that was yeah that was a cool experience because that was the first time that i traveled outside of chicago to make a film like i went to new orleans nice and learned about masks, mate mask makers and like did this whole production and filmed it and edited it and it, yeah, it, 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 it turned out really great and so that was another spark for me where i was like okay documentaries is something that i'm really enjoying it. I feel like I'm pretty good at. And so I started interning at Cartemquin Films um, like around 20, 2010, 2011. Um, and that's a documentary company based here in Chicago. They're really prominent, make a lot of great films, um, some films that you've probably heard of. Um, and I interned there for a while because I wanted to learn more about the production of documentary filmmaking, the business side of it. Um, and they helped encourage me to want to go to grad school, you know, like to want to pursue it as a profession. And so after interning, I then moved to New York, uh, and went to the School of Visual Arts for their MFA social documentary film program. Um, and again, had a really good experience in that program, learned a, a ton, you know, and I felt like I was really more prepared to like, have a real, real job, you know, you know, like right, when you right. feel like, okay, I'm now really, really ready to make some real money because now I have a lot of skill sets. You don't really feel that way when you come out of undergrad. You just <laughs> feel like my feet just got wet. I'm just now learning the very basics, but not enough for someone to really pay me <laughs> well. Right, right. But after grad school, I had like a ton of confidence at that point. Like I was like, okay, I have my bachelor's, mm. I have my master's, I have learned a lot, I have interned at a lot of places like now I'm really to really be in the workforce and and do the work and be a legit filmmaker right Um, so I moved back to to, uh, Chicago um, 
And yeah, I started looking around for jobs. Chicago, to me, I felt like at that time, it was really hard to get into documentary filmmaking because it was such a closed-knit kind of community. Right. And that was back then. It's much different now. But back then, I just felt like it was just really hard to find employment. New York was a whole lot easier. Yeah. Um, but I had to move back home because, you know, of life. Yep. Yeah. Life, exactly. <laughs> I wanted to get married. And my husband was based in Chicago. He's a motion designer. So I had to come back home. You know, Got I couldn't it. stay in New York. Um, and so I was looking around for jobs. I'm trying to figure out, okay, what, what can I do that's, you know, going to allow me to do all of these skill sets that I have learned, like allow me to apply, apply all of this, you right. know? And I came across the Allo Planetarium. They were looking for a media producer. Okay. And when I was reading the job posting, I was like, okay, wow. Like they're looking for someone to work on exhibits, to do stuff for marketing, maybe do some photography. I was like, okay, I know how to do Sort of, sort of all of those things. Like, I feel like I could do that. I could finesse yeah. it, yeah. Right. And that's when, when I found out that they wanted to have someone do stuff for exhibits, that was another, like, you know, like a uh, light bulb that went off. Like, okay, that's, that's another that's thing that I yeah. really wanted to always do, but just didn't know how to get there, you right. know? Like, so I definitely, I applied for it and I got it. Nice. And I worked there for four years. Um, and I did a lot of cool projects at the Planetarium. I learned a lot about museum production, like how that worked, you know. And so right. I was able to take my skill in audio and video from undergrad and my skills in social documentary from graduate school and take all of that and apply it to making content for museums. Right. Because all of those skills is what goes into museum exhibitions like a lot of the media you see in exhibitions are documentaries yeah. or they are they may be a recreation of something or they may be an animation or Telling something stories. more experimental or something more abstract so i was able to take all those skills i got really lucky and was able to take all the skills that i had learned from my past experiences and bring it into the planetarium and so i stayed there for about four years um mm -hmm. made a really a lot of good exhibitions um really got strong as a photographer that wasn't something i, I knew how to shoot photographs but i didn't like you declare myself there. as a yeah as a right. photographer um but i started doing a lot of photography for their branding and so that helped me to become a lot stronger and develop my own photography style, develop my eye for it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, from there, I was like, okay, like now I could add photographer to the list, you right. know, of all these things that, that I like to do. Um, and so then after four years, I started to feel like I was kind of like outgrowing the position because yep. I've been there for so long. I started off part time and then it became full time and then. After a while, I was like, okay, now I've been here for a while, and what's there's next? so many changes. Yeah, like, right. okay, what's next for me? Um, and so the Film Museum opened up a position in their exhibition department. And the reason why I was really excited about that is because it focused more on exhibition. At the Planetarium, I was creating videos. I was the only video person there. Mm -hmm. I was like the institution videographer so I was making stuff for everybody for all departments right um which was great because I learned so much from like mark on the marketing side on the exhibit side on the right. branding side but at that time I was starting to you know realize or start to think like 
I want to be more focused. You know, mm -hmm. I want to have a, I want my, my career to be like, this is what you do. Like, you don't do all of these things, but this is what you really start to focus on. So, so that I can just get better at it. Um, and then the film museum gave me that opportunity because that position focused more on exhibitions only. I wasn't going to be doing videos for like all across departments. Right. Um, and so I applied there and that's when I would say I really started to expand my palette and my skill set where I started to learn projection mapping. I was able to take everything I learned from the planetarium, everything I learned from grad school, everything I learned from undergrad and bring it all to the field museum. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been great ever since I've, so far I've worked on a lot of great exhibits. Um, I feel like I get to push myself a lot more at the field museum creative creativity. Like I get to try things that I haven't tried before, which is right. really encouraging. Um, projection mapping was something that I had really no clue about. You mm -hmm. know, I was looking at it a lot at the planetarium, but we just didn't have the space or the budget to really try those kind of things. Um, but the film museum did. And so I was able to like, really seize the moment and like pitch those kind of ideas because I knew they could do it. Right. Um, and they, they gave me a chance. They gave me a chance to, to try it for the first time and it came out successful. And now they got me doing it more and more, which is awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, because exactly. That's what I, that's what I wanted. That's what I said in the interviews. Like I want to do projection mapping. I want to learn about lighting. I want to do more soundscapes, you know, like I was right. really like, I got all these big ideas and these big plans and being at the field museum, I can honestly say that I have really crossed a lot of things off my list that I've said that I wanted to do. Nice. All right. Well, that is just a lot of growing, but what I got from all of that, right. Is okay. I started off young. I knew I loved the technology and I knew that there was a spark there. So you were, you know, you've, your family provided you with the proper tools within the church and with outside of the church. So that right there is a very strong foundation within itself and very similar to my background. I think that's how we connected initially. You know, it's kind of like R&B singers back in like the 80s and 90s, right? Most of the R&B singers all started in the church. <laughs> and, you know, that's how I feel like about a lot of people of color in our industries as well. We've, we've all started in the church in some form or fashion, dad, grandfather, somebody's a pastor and you just, you get your hands on the stuff and it, and it sparks the interest. So after you got that strong foundation, you did the groundwork, you continued to build your confidence, you applied yourself and actually applied to something that, you know, didn't hone all of your skills, but you applied, um, you know, you applied yourself and took a chance on yourself, which allowed others to take a, ch a chance on you as well. And then you blossomed in that, in that, and continued to learn, but also blossomed there. And then you moved on to this opportunity at the field, at the field museum, where you were just able to actually take all of your ideas and put them into play, but you know, not just create ideas, actually, actually like implement these ideas and create great work. Mm -hmm. long time coming but all of that is what it's about right the journey and trusting the process and continuing to grow and hone your skills and this is what attracted me to you and your profile and everything that you were doing I was like yes this is this is me somewhere else in the country you know growing and doing amazing things but what I do want to touch on in the field museum is you said that's where you really were able to get into projection mapping and that is mm -hmm. something that I've fell in love with too not only because 
the artwork and the creativity that comes with it, but the technology behind it is just growing so much within like the last two years of what people are doing, right? You used to just put up like a logo. Now buildings are falling, being put back together. You did projection mapping on a skeleton, you know? So tell us about, tell us about that project there at the Field Museum, because that is a different form of projection mapping that I had never saw before onto a skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> like that that's so, kind of crazy. Yeah, so that came about really crazy. Um so while I was at the film museum, this was like my second exhibit, you know. So I was okay. still a little new, like I wasn't like I hadn't been there for a year. It was only only been there for a few months. Right. Um and I was going into my second exhibit and when I came in they were like, "Okay, we're redoing the Sue exhibit." This is going to be big. This is really important. Sue is the prize possession of the Field Museum. So we got to do something amazing. You know, like people have strong feelings about Sue. People love Sue. Right. And so we're moving. We're and moving. Sue, and, and Sue is the dinosaur for people dinosaur. that don't know, right? Okay. Just yeah. making sure I'm keeping up with the storyline here. Yeah, Sue okay. is a, I don't know how old Sue is, but a few million year old dinosaur, you know? Got and, it. And so this dinosaur has been in this one location in the museum, like like in our Stanleyville Hall, for years, like a very long time. And that's how people really recognize the film museum. As soon as they walk in, they see Sue, the dinosaur. Is okay, she's green. Um, gotcha. But the museum decided to move Sue into its own gallery space. Um, the, the museum wanted to make it feel like Sue is bigger than life, you know, and a lot of putting a lot more content about Sue, a lot more about like how Sue lived, how Sue died, right. other animals that were around when this dinosaur was, um, and just really give it a more well-rounded story. Okay. Um, and so I got brought in um, in the very early stages uh, before they broke ground, before you know, at this time, we're coming up with the content ideas. We're trying to brainstorm what do we want to do. And so the idea came to me is that we want to do something with the skeleton. You know, we want to show the injuries on the skeleton. We want to show, uh, we want to tell stories of how Sue died, how Sue was injured, what bones are broken, what bones have arthritis. Because a lot of those injuries you can see on the skeleton. Like, when you, you you're allowed to, like, stand up pretty close to it so a lot oh, wow. of that stuff is like visible um that you can see um and so they wanted to like do a narrated story around it you know but they wanted to do something really spectacular something that people would not expect something right. very different not something on a monitor like how we kind of usually do or something on a you know square screen yeah project projection we wanted to try something very different and so i pitched the idea of projecting on the dinosaur. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I don't know where that crazy idea came from. I, I really don't know. Incredible, <laughs> incredible. Um, and mind you, I'd never done it before. So I was just like, yeah, like you should project on the skeleton. And they're like, oh, have you done it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so for, I would say about six months, I practiced projection doing projection mapping on uh -huh. a, a skeleton like a t-rex skeleton it's about 12 inches right. i bought it off amazon <laughs> and i got an old projector from av for my right. av department nice. i was like i'm about to try this thing but i gotta do a prototype 
first to show the museum, to show our directors that it can be done. Because right. There were a lot of questions like, well, how many projectors will we need? And, right. you know, what's the distance? And what's the throw? And I'm like, I don't know. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, I, a lot of questions I couldn't answer because I'm not an AV person, but I worked with an AV team. So right. they had a lot of questions like, so how would you do this? And, like, would, it, would the projectors be bright enough? Like, like what kind of right. colors? Like, what are you planning to project on it? You know, so I spent six months in a, in a dark room trying to come up with a prototype um, to show just a general idea of how we can approach it, come up with some kind of process. Um, and so, like I said, I, we bought the T-Rex off Amazon. I borrowed a projector from my AV department. And I, from there, I started with just projecting like solid colors because what I was finding is that the bones are so dark right. that when you tried to project anything that was dark like reds and oranges and blues, you couldn't see it at all okay. on the skeleton. Yeah. Um, any kind of like uh, effects would be really challenging because the bones are so bumpy and they're so dark that it's just like you right. really couldn't see it. It's not a smooth it. surface, yeah. Yeah, it's not a smooth surface. So that was the first uh, like challenge is like, how do we create something on a really bumpy surface that isn't smooth and that's really dark? Right. And so from there, I started playing around with these bright neon colors. I saw this ad on Spotify where they were doing like these color contrast, like photography where it was like blue and then you had this like red and then it was like green and purple. Right. And so I was like, maybe we could try something like that for this. And and instead of uh, projecting effects, we just highlight the certain bones because we started writing the script. And in that script, mm. I was noticing like what we were calling out and we were calling out the jaw and then we were calling out the leg or the ribs or the tail. We were like calling out like separately. Right. And I was thinking like, okay, this could be a good moment to just, if you're a visitor, to draw your eye highlight. to certain parts of this skeleton. Yeah, highlighting yeah. it because this skeleton is about like 47. I don't want to say, it's, a, it's really long. Yeah. I don't want to get, yeah, I don't get we'll, it wrong. Yeah, we'll share some pictures <laughs> in the show notes. No yeah. worries. But this is a yeah. huge, huge it's dinosaur. Huge. Right. So it's not like you're, if you're standing in one spot, you really got to look in certain directions to be able to see see it because it's just so big right and so we took advantage of that moment of being able to call out to separate it out and so that's something that i played around with in uh Mad mapper and after effects is like how do we highlight the skeleton as all one layer and then how do we highlight the bones individually and so my process was we scanned it in Mad mapper Mm -hmm. You know, we did an entire scan of the skeleton. We end up using three projectors. Um, we had to use one for the skull and then one for the middle, which covered the ribs and the gastralia, and then one for the tail, because the wow. tail was so big. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> and so we scanned each projector separately. And then I took those scanned images into Photoshop and just started creating mat, alpha mat of all of the skeletons. So that took a pretty long time because I did every bone individually so it took wow. a, took a few like about a month yeah. to just sit there because I hand painted it um wow. it was really hard to uh do that with a pen tool because 
the curves there's like a lot of curves a lot of bumps right. it's not like a building where it was like right structures yeah, yeah yeah like this is all curved so I had to go in with a paintbrush and just paint like each bone wow. separately that's um, so crazy <laughs> but from there after you after I got like the all of the alphabets created written mm-hmm. in, in After Effects was a lot easier because like I said, the plan was just to highlight, just to do really cool highlights. Um, and so I started playing around with those neon colors and then we brought in a lighting team, ILC, to awesome. do some like uplighting, which was really cool to the skeleton. Um, so they set they set up like these theatrical lights around the base of right. the suit. Um, and so based off the color that I created for the bones, they would create like a complement complementary color for the base of the skeleton, like what you see underneath. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and so we created like a like a show out of it. We were like, right. all right, we can make this really theatrical and not, you know, like really in, immersive. We can bring the immersive level up a lot more by adding in these theatrical lights, bring in some soundscapes, you know, build yeah. the lights in the entire ex- uh, gallery space. We were coming up with all kinds of ideas of, how to make this now into a full-fledged like show for everybody. Right. So um, Sue's story, life story, yeah. became a full-on production, a full-on yeah. experience that just wowed you with so many different forms of technology. And again, it required you doing groundwork because, you know, this was something brand new for you and the Field Museum together. So you guys really put in a time to do the groundwork, did things hand painted and hand written, and then put that into the technology along with lighting and projection to make Sue's story become the focal point of the museum instead of Sue just being a focal point when you walk in and you're just wowed by the bones. Sue actually became the story uh, mm-hmm. with of the Field Museum. It did, and there is some animations. So there's the skeleton, was like in the center of the room, and then behind the skeleton, like right behind the tail, there's these six screens playing these animations of different scenes of where Sue lived, you know, Sue getting into a fight with a triceratops. Wow. And then there's like Sue stalking a, a Montessori's and these are all like 3D animations. Yeah. Um, and they just play on a, everything's playing on a 20 second loop. So you see the four uh, scenes and then you see the Sue show and then it loops back. So we yeah, gotcha. created the gallery into an entire show. That's awesome. So you don't see the show when you, as soon as you walk in, you see right. these scenes playing and then after Sue takes a poop, which is in one of the animations, <laughs> and that's when the Sue show. That's when it really. That's when. That's yeah. when. That's when shit gets real, right? That's yeah. when shit gets real. Gotcha. Yeah, and then the lights dim, and then the music comes up, the lighting comes up, and then now you're in show mode. So it's that's amazing. Cool. That's amazing. We are gonna have um, links to this and show notes, and you know from stuff that you've posted on LinkedIn of, of, of the field museum. And we'll, we'll put links into all that. So everybody can really dive into this and go, um, you know, kind of get a visualization of what we're talking about today. Cause that was amazing. I think that's how I even found your page on LinkedIn, uh, you know, getting into those rabbit holes of projection mapping. And I was like projection mapping onto a dinosaur skeleton. Like what's going on here? This is awesome. So that that's great that you were able to lead the forefront with this amazing different type of, storytelling uh for 
you know, not only for yourself to learn more about something that you're interested in, but for the field field museum in general, it takes it to another level. But 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 what's cool, what I do want to mention, what's really cool is just the like the the audience reactions when we open. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like. I've never experienced like people clap at media projects yes. <laughs> and exhibits, yes. but like our opening week, like, and actually opening few weeks, every time a group came in, they would clap. Like it would be like applauses. Yes. We're all sitting there like applauses. People are applauding. Like what? This is crazy. Like we've never seen this before. <laughs> and at first we was like, oh, it's just today. But they just kept doing it like every day. I mean, it happened for weeks. And, yes. I, and I was like, this is like amazing. Like, I'm just glad that we, yeah, we stuck with it. We went through it. We went through the challenges. We yes. prototyped, we figured it out, you know, and we, we made it happen um, with the help of like our content developers, our, our dinosaur, our suit experts. Yep. And AV, AV was really like, like I, I had to lean on them a lot because I could create the projection mapping. Like I right. knew how to, how to design it and how to animate it. But as far as getting it on a skeleton, like that, that, <laughs> that, was, that was all them. <laughs> yeah. Like, that know, sounds like, a like great team. Like, here's my files. All right. No. Right. But <laughs> yeah. that's what goes into producing, right? Like that, that is your job. Like you have this vision um, and you have to orchestrate it. You have to be able to rely on your team. You, you know, you can't do it all by yourself. So the fact that you were able to orchestrate all these moving parts and bring this kind of really outlandish idea to life, uh, speaks volumes within itself. So congrats to you and your team for the continued success there because that that is amazing and something totally different that um, I feel projection hadn't touched yet specifically. So awesome, awesome, awesome. But before we wrap up here, we, we have to talk about the documentaries. We have to talk about that side of your passion as well because there's a lot going on there. Congratulations on your continued success on that too because I'm, I'm scrolling down my timeline and I'm seeing that you got a fellowship with Hulu, you've got all these different types of fellowships for your documentary, and it's called, is it Still Rise or Still I Rise? Still Searching. Still but Searching. Still I, Still I Rise is one of the fellowships I'm in. Okay, that's the name of the fellowship. Got it. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that um, and how we can support, because that is a huge, huge accomplishment, especially as you continue to grow into your 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 career with documentaries. Yeah, so Still Searching is about um, artists. His name is Damon Lamar Reed. He's a Chicago hip-hop artist and muralist. And he creates murals all across the city of Chicago, like in schools, public parks. Um, And he took on a personal project for himself of painting these portraits of missing women and girls from Chicago. I've known Damon for about six years, um, and so I've been following his work, you know, yep, like, always goes. wanted to work with him, always nice. trying to figure out how do I catch up with him, right. and finally, last year, my brother and I, we just reached out to him and was like, hey, can we meet and just find out, like, what you're working on, and he started telling us about Still Searching, and we were like, this sounds like a documentary, like, this sounds like Still something searching. that needs to be filmed, yeah. um, something that that is really important. I remember hearing about the missing uh, girls and his portraits on the news. Like, mm-hmm. so I was really familiar with a lot of their stories. And so we decided to just 
start following him around, start, start following him as he's creating these paintings. Um, because he had just started himself. Like he was like, I just started, you know, there's something that I'm doing on my own. Right. And so, uh, after a few months passed, uh, Hulu and Cartoon put out, uh, you know, an ad saying like, Hey, we're taking submissions for our Hulu Cartoon Hulu Cartoon Accelerator Program. That's awesome. Um, and so, since I had interned at Cartoon, I was like, "Hey, I should definitely apply to this because I've been meaning to wanting to get back in contact with them, mm-hmm. you know." But I didn't have like a film idea at the time, so right. but now I did, and so uh, and so yeah, I applied for it. It was a really competitive process, but yeah, after multiple rounds of pitching, we yes. got it. Um, <laughs> More applause. Yeah. I'm going to have to add an applause uh, sound yeah. effect here because more applause to you. That's amazing. Yeah, it was I, It was something I wasn't expecting at all Like, because I knew the competition would be stiff. I'm like, there's going to be a lot of great filmmakers right. you know, pitching their films with really great stories. But I knew this one was really strong too. And so I was just praying. I was like, okay, if, it's, if this is meant to happen, it's going to happen. And it happened. And, and so... Yeah, so from there, we've been uh, filming. We're in the development uh, phase with Cartoon when they're helping us develop this film. We got Hulu, we got uh, funding from Hulu to start working on the film, which was really great. Um, And then hopefully sometime next year, this will lead into co-production with Cartoon Cartoon Um, Hulu has first look at the film so once it's done they'll be able to look at it and say hey do we want this on our on our platform um so they have first dips on the finished project um and i'm also in fellowship with still i rise films and so they also gave funding for the film and also they're providing mentorship as i develop a fundraising demo nice um and so one way that Anybody could support this film is going on the website at stillsearchingdocumentary.com. Mm-hmm. There is a donate uh, tab there, and there's nice. also a tab to sign up for our email list. Um, so feel free to do both, or you can follow us on Instagram at stillsearchingdocumentary. Um, we're on there, and so that's one another way to get behind-the-scenes looks and updates, constant updates on the film. I'm posting about it all the time um but there's a lot of great things happening with this film and with damon's work um he's getting a lot of attention on his work he was just uh featured on the news on our local news wgn for uh, as someone you should know you know right. and he's preparing for a gallery show his first gallery show with these paintings so far he has about 10 or more paintings Amazing. which is really great so he's going to have a gallery show in october and so we're really excited about that because it'll be the first time that people get to see it in a physical space up close and personal right. with it. Um, and we're hoping that we could get some of the families to come come out. Uh, we've been in contact with the families with these paintings and they're just over the moon with them and just really happy that we're keeping their loved ones' stories alive and that right. we're showing that we haven't forgot about them and that we are here to still support you know, and the community is still remembering, remembering them, you know, right. so yeah, that's, that's what it is. That is so exciting. So, you know what, what we're going to do is we're going to donate, donate, donate. I am going to put that link at the top 
<laughs> I'm going to put that link at the top because you're getting funding from so many different places. But, we, you know, there there's there's never enough with creations like this and telling the stories um, within this type of documentary. I, like you said, the you know, these girls need to be remembered. Um, they need to be talked about and more people need to know about what was happening um, there in, in you guys' community. Um, it's extremely important. So we'll definitely put the link to that so we can go check out Still Searching. Um, hopefully Hulu does pick that up so we can all watch it, um, and, you know, get our popcorn and, wa and watch the story that you're telling behind the scenes. And Latoya, I just, I just wish you continued success, my friend. This won't be the last time that we do something. So y'all watch out for more uh, creative content, whether it's about Sue, whether it's about filmmaking. Uh, multimedia overall is just something that's really fascinating, right? There's so many different ways you can go with this. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because you are doing something unique. You're doing something different, but you're trailblazing as well, my friend. So congrats on everything that you got going on. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for your support and bringing me on to talk about all these amazing projects. Like I'm having the time of my life right now. I feel like my career has really taken off. You know, you ever had that time where you just feel like I'm not where I want to be yet. I feel like I'm yep. right where I want to be. Um, and so all I can do is just keep keep moving forward, keep tapping into people like you, you know, other yes. creatives. Because, yeah, that's that's what's going to push us forward and allow us to keep making really great work. So Yes. Yeah. Well, you're just getting started, my friend. You've been putting in the groundwork and you're gonna, you keep hustling and you're, you're doing things that you're passionate about. Like passion is what ignites all this. And I feel like if you're passionate about something and you have that drive that equally balances that passion, everything eventually does line up just the way you want it. And like you said, you're right where you want to be, right where you need to be. So that's what it's about. That is exactly what it's about. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> So now, now let's do a little bit of this, this lightning round. We're going to transition before we close the show. And this is just a few questions, random questions. Uh, and, you know, basically either or or your favorite. So you ready? Yeah, ready. All right, let's hit it. So which would you prefer to create content for, projection or LED screens? Projection. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite era of film? Uh, oh shoot, that is a really good question. <laughs> Man, you got me with that one. I stumped you with that one. Yeah, I just, I just, I just knew you were gonna have an era that you kind of study. Uh, so many, so many, you can't name just one. I would say like '80s films, like uh -huh. '90s films, like those are like classics right classic Those are cult classics so yeah All i would right. say between the 80s and the 90s <laughs> okay so what's your favorite non-work activity i know you're a hustler you're a go get it you're passionate <laughs> but what do you do when you're not working oh tend to my plants I'm oh your plants a plant lady i'm a plant lady i'm a plant mom i got a whole liver i have a jungle in my living room so yeah i'm a plant mom <laughs> all right and just to top it off what is your favorite documentary Oh, does it have to be old or can it be new? Of all time. Just uh, all your, your, time. Your, your current favorite or, you know, favorite of all time. I would say time. Time. Time, time is really good. Like, if you haven't seen it, see, you got to see it. Like, it, it really blew me away with just the story of of this family and 
this mom and this dad who both were incarcerated, but just seeing what they overcame and mm. they, they end up having uh, sons and like the dad still had still remained in prison. Um, and he was up for, I think, 60 years or so. Wow. Um, but she had got out a lot earlier and she was raising their sons, you know, but still staying in like contact with the dad while he right. was in prison. But to see like, you know, when you grow up in a situation like that, your kids could fall into anything yeah. you know, be- without without being in a single parent home. Like they could fall into all kind of stuff. Yep. And to see her sons be doctors and that's amazing. Like future politicians Time. and like yeah, like just oh, seeing right. like they they end up still striving and still coming out amazing with all that adversity in their lives on a daily basis was like just heartbreaking but still amazing to see and to see Inspiring. that the dad yeah, and to see yeah. that she was able to get the dad pardoned. He was able to get out earlier, like in his sentence. Like yeah, that I just watched it like a few weeks ago and I was just balling because I was just, I, <laughs> you just know people who go through that kind of stuff who right. whose parent was in prison or had been to prison and they life went in so many other directions but I gotta just applaud that mom and her support system that she kept the, she kept her kids on track even though she was going through a lot herself you right, know, she, right she kept them on the on the straight path you know so time I'm gonna time, have to check that yeah, out time yeah. by Gary Bradley like amazing uh uh director like that film is just powerful yeah sweet all right time we have to check that one out people because really i mean adversity is something that you know so many people faced and then it's crazy to think that so many different other cultures they face adversity but differently like you know Mm -hmm. and that's what it's about for me like it's not what happened to you you know it's how you respond to what has happened to you and the choices you make after that how you basically how you get up you know dust yourself off and try again like I feel like our community is very extremely resilient I, I've said that on a podcast before like I was it's like well, you know well, what's your superpower I'm like I'm ex- just extremely resilient like I just won't quit you know mm-hmm. and um Time is something that I feel like is going to inspire me a lot. So I'm going to check that yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> it would. It definitely would. Get your tissue box ready. Oh, it's a tear jerker. I will definitely de- yeah. I will have that ready. I yeah. will have it. it, it it's going to catch you. Like, at first, you, you'd be like, oh, this, yeah, this seems like a very familiar story. I, I probably know people who've right. been through that. But, like, once you start seeing her fight for her husband to get him out of prison, and that's when... The waterworks. Uh, all right, because, all right. We'll get the yeah. we'll get the tissue boxes ready then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, Latoya, thank you so much for joining me again. I can't thank you enough, and I look forward to talking to you more and seeing what you do in the upcoming months with your documentaries at the Field Museum, everything you got going on. So, people, again, in the show notes, be sure to click on the link. Let's donate. Let's support. Let's um, continue to tell our stories because um, I think it's extremely important. And Latoya, I hope to have you back. Thank you. Thanks so much, Alicia. (laughs) Talk to you soon. All right, all right. Thanks for listening, folks. If you're excited to be a part of my techie tribe, make sure you download, subscribe, and review this podcast. And remember to stay creative and keep it techie. Peace.